So have you ever wondered if everything in life is important or there's some stuff that God just doesn't care about? Well, it's an interesting question. I think I might have some perspective from that in Zechariah chapter 14 today. Amen, Brother Ben, the podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus. We are at episode 47, 47, and uh, we're finishing up the book of Zechariah, about to jump into Malachi, a.k.a. Malachi. That's tomorrow. Uh, So, I was reading, because if you're reading along with us in Minor Prophets, Major Truth, uh, then you are reading chapters 13 and 14 today, and... All chapter 14 is all about what's happening when God is actually running the world, when God's kingdom comes to earth and the Lord is is really ruling because he's he's never relinquished his rule and reign, but there's going to be a time where he forcefully advances that. Like God is sovereign over everything, but the, the God's word also says that that really there's there's other forces at work in this world that he has not yet put in their place. For whatever reason, again, I can't pretend to understand the, all of the ways and the motivations of God, but he has chosen to let the enemy, to let these these forces of rebellion uh, and and the devil, the the accuser, the Satan, uh, run this world. So that's why there's a difference in the worldly kingdoms and the heavenly kingdoms. And so, again, the end of Zechariah, he's talking about. The, the big, the on that day that he mentions over and over again that we talked about on the last episode, uh, this day of judgment and putting everything back right the way it should be. And it is a day that we should look forward to. You know, when I talk to people about the end of the world, I talk to people about stuff like this happening. I can tell that some of them are kind of spooked about it. And I, I try not to say this because I don't know if it's always helpful or if they're in a spot to receive that. But if you're scared of the end of the world... Like, like, not not just like nervous and whoa, this is big, but like, oh no, God is going to end the world. Then that may mean you're not living how you should right now. Like, oh, we're not ready for this. Oh, I got to get some stuff together. I got my got to get my act right on, and that should tell you, and tell anybody that's paying attention that maybe you need to make some changes before He shows up, and maybe that is a a call. To, to give your life to him. Maybe you realize that you are not a follower of Christ. You've not been made uh, new. You've not been redeemed and, and remade and transformed. And so maybe it's, the, it's those fearful thoughts that not in your stomach that makes you go, uh, maybe I should get saved. Maybe I should ask for God's forgiveness for my sins so that I can look forward to this day. Because this day that Zechariah is talking about uh is, is like when it all comes home to roost and things finally go the way they ought to. We've been talking lately about lamenting and how we we just have to sometimes uh, come to grips with and feel the weight of the reality of our fallen form and of our, our fallen sinful world around us. But there is going to come a time where he puts that back. And a lot of people like to ignore that. A lot of people like to go, well, he's not here now and he's not done it yet. So I'm not going to think about that, but we really ought to, because a, it will, it will drive us and convict us to getting ourselves and our relationships with God where they should be. Because by the way, you are banking blessings. You are, you are, there are things that God is working in your life now that will unfold and, and you will be living in for eternity forever. 
And then also, it should give you hope for those moments where you feel hopeless, when you feel like the world is against you. And so I was reading uh, this last little bit of uh, Zechariah 14. He goes through 14, you know, talking about what all is going to happen and how he's going to purify this and, and fight against that and the sources of light and life will come from all this stuff. And there's a lot of symbolic stuff in here. But the, the last couple of verses are what caught me. Um, it's it, He's describing what's, what's all happening. And then he says, on that day, even the harness bells of the horses will be inscribed with these words, holy to the Lord. So it's like a stamp saying that this, even this horse right here, this, which again is symbolic. We, we might have horses at that point. <laughs> we, those horses are still there. Don't get used the same way they used to. But uh, every tool, because the horses a lot of times were a tool of transportation, of, of agriculture, of all this other stuff that will say holy to the Lord. It says the cooking pots in the temple of the Lord will be sacred as the basins used beside the altar. In fact, every cooking pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord of heaven's armies. All who come to worship will be free to use any of these pots to boil their sacrifices. Now we know now that those sacrifices don't need to happen. Jesus was that sacrifice. But he says, on that day, there will be no traitors uh, in the temple of the Lord of heaven's armies. Not traitors as in you're a, you're a, you've, turned, you've stabbed us in the back, but traitors like uh, with whom uh, Jesus dealt with in John chapter 2. Uh, let's see, let me find the verses here. Uh, when he said uh, in the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, verse 14, sheep and doves for sacrifices. And he also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money, which you do a little research, you found out there maybe weren't being above board with that. Maybe they were doing a little swindling, doing a little profiteering. And Jesus made a whip from some ropes and, and chased them out of the temple. He drove them uh, out of, uh, he drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, "Get these things out of here! Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace." Now, Jesus understands that people need to work, that people need to provide for their family. There's other parts of the Bible that would that would tell us that, but his problem is the same pro and, and it, it kind of is linked back here to Zechariah 14 that the things made for the Lord are the Lord's the problem that Jesus had with these these folks in the temple is they had taken what was the Lord's and turned it into something where they were selfish it was selfish ambition it was thinking about themselves more so than God and and so that attitude and that principle in our time, because I know you're going, I'm not selling doves at a church. What do you, what does this have to do with me? How, what this has to do with all of us is that everything in our lives, every tool, every purchase that we make, every car that we have, the house that we live in should be holy to the Lord. If we have indeed given ourselves over completely to him, when, which is what we should do when we get saved, right? That we say, Lord, my life is yours. My hope is in you only. And, you know, so use me. But a lot of people say that, but then they don't want to let certain things go for God. They say, well, uh, but my job, man, I got to love my job or my, you want to, you want my hobbies now? You want my, you want my family now? You know, God is not above asking for you to dedicate your family 
to him. Not in an Abraham stabbing or almost stabbing Isaac way, but I mean in the, in the fact that if, if your daughter or your son, I, this is something I think about all the time as a dad, what if God wants to use one of my kids uh, in a way that's dangerous, in a way that leads to their life being cut short? Would I be willing to give them up for him? And so everything down to the, the most important things on down to even the little things. You're going, why does my car, how can my car be holy? Well, what do you do with that car? Do you, do you help get people from one place to another that need it? Do you br- use that car to bring people to church and to, and to you know, community groups, small groups, where, where they're getting fed and, and loved by God's people? That's using that for the Lord, and you'll be blessed when you do that. We have a vehicle that we just let people, it's paid for, we just let people borrow when they need it because we that is something that is holy, and it's, it's God's. And if God tells us to do something different with that, we will. We've just got to be willing. And, and that's the difference between you living in a, in a kingdom of your own making and you living in God's kingdom. Everything is his. Everything. So down to your phone, down to your laptop, down to your glasses, down to the books on your shelves, down to the pots and pans in your kitchen. When God is truly ruling and reigning in your life, then you can use everything for him and everything can be holy and set apart for his good uses. That doesn't mean they, they can't be traded and can't be sold and can't be used for a specific amount of time, but they're used for the glory of God. So you want to be effective with your stuff? Let God have the say-so over everything. You say you're his, then be his. That's Amen, Brother Ben, for today. And that's Zechariah. We jump into Malachi tomorrow. AmenBen.com if you have anything for me. We love you. Have a good day.